doing? Confiscating your comic books. You can have them back when you're 18. You're taking Casper the Friendly Ghost? Ghosts are sacrilegious. Nothing friendly about that. Very well. There's one more book that belongs in the box, filled with adultery, genocide, and even human sacrifice. You think you're so smart. I do. And yet you continue to treat me like a child. You know what? You want me to treat you like an adult? You got it. From this moment on, I am done mommying you. Wonderful. Does that mean I can have my comic books back? Comic books are for children. You're an adult. The weekly pseudo-academic pop culture analysis roundtable with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here, joined by my co-host Wayne Wise and Hannah Lee Rogers. How's it going, guys? Good. 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 Yeah. That, that did not sound convincing. Take two, Hannah. Convince us that you're good. Well. Someone's dissertating. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and the good place is ending. And you're, you're, you're still in mourning. I guess it's only yeah. been three days since we recorded. So. And, and I don't know how this happened, but somehow Josh has become more obsessed with Game of Thrones now that it's over than before it was over. <laughs> Are you rewatching it from the beginning or is he just rereading every no, book? No, he's rereading every book and we keep talking about it. We were at Trivia last week and they even asked the question, how many arrows does Egret shoot at John? And he got it right. It's three. <laughs> I would have guessed three just because. We, but but <laughs> we got every question right. He could have doubled down on the round. <laughs> See, we won it's trivia. useful. Yeah. It, it, it was a useful skill. Useful knowledge. I mean, he spent years in law school for nothing. Hey, Clearly, hey, he should have been doing this. It's that people who think pop culture is worthless. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's right. At, at this point, has he made more money as a as a Game of Thrones trivia buff or as a uh, as a lawyer? Well, we've gotten a lot of forty dollars gift cards for winning trivia, so obviously, hey, there you go. see, see. So there you go, kids at home. Don't, don't study. Watch TV and read books. I'm pretty. Sh- book. I'm pretty sure anybody who goes to law school would say, "Don't go to law school." <laughs> our, our work here is done. Actually, that's a nice segue into tonight's topic, which is is comics for kids. We, we're convincing yeah. them to read comics, right? Right, absolutely. <laughs> which which they should do. It's sort of a weird thing because you know there, there's a whole thing. We're going to listen to some clips later, but there's a whole thing about you know books and real books and when did you start reading comics? So before we start doing that, I'm, I'm kind of curious, Wayne. How were you when you started reading comics? I I genuinely have no memory of not reading comics. My my mom read to me. My mom's a reader. Uh, she read to me all the time when I was growing up, and comics were just part of the menu. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I I don't have that. This is my first comic story. They have always been there. Mm-hmm. What about you, Hannah? Uh, I don't remember the exact age, but when I was old enough to figure out the library had a huge collection of comics and my mother wouldn't buy them for me. So it was kind of like contraband. <laughs> 
<laughs> but like, God, you're such a nerd. <laughs> it's like, I'm doing, I'm doing heroin. I'm doing smack. I've got comics. <laughs> <laughs> okay, when people were like ten and twelve, no one was doing heroin. <laughs> <laughs> I, you had a better neighborhood than me I, I grew up in a snooty coastal town um but they yeah like my so like i had comic books uh but it's funny because now the person most obsessed with the avengers is not me it's my mother <laughs> so uh which is her favorite chris uh you know i don't know but she does love captain america because he has morals and doesn't really swear the, the no swearing thing that that scan. <laughs> yeah, that makes if sense. They, if they ever listen to this show, you're the one who brings them oh, up. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we wouldn't even know you had parents. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying, if they ever listen to this show, they'll know. I actually, they know I talk about them. It's fine. Uh, wonder if you get grounded. How about you, Matt? When, <laughs> where, where did where did you start? What what were your first? Uh, my first comic books were when I was seven, but I was reading the funnies, the newspaper comics years before that. When I was two years old um, and learned to read and my job was after my grandfather came home from work, I got to sit on the floor and read the newspaper to him from front to back. And my grandfather got yelled at by my grandmother once when they were babysitting because I was like sitting there with the newspaper all over the floor. And she's like, why is the baby playing with the newspaper? And she and my grandfather, who would just sit in his chair with his eyes closed, he's like, he's reading. And she's like, he can't read. He's a baby. And he's like, he can read fine. And, and so my grandmother looked at me, what's that say? And I said, Thuh. and she's like, good job. What's that say? And I said, journal. And she's like, good job. All right, now let's take this paper away. Because she just assumed that I knew the name of the paper. And my grandfather grabbed the paper out of her hand and put it back down and said, um, Christopher, read this. And, and so I just started reading the first paragraph. She's like, how is he doing that? And um, <laughs> and my grandfather, like, he can read the paper. <laughs> and so my mom comes home from work. It's like, did you know the baby can read? And my mom's like, he's been able to read for like six months. <laughs> but um, but I would read the I would read. We called them the funnies, but I would yeah, read the yeah. newspaper um, comics. And I didn't start reading comic books. I know exactly when I started reading comic books. Uh, when I was seven years old, I started flying on Christmas vacation, summer vacation things like that. I would fly from Cleveland where I grew up to Texas, where my father lived because my parents were divorced. So they would stick me on a plane by myself and whichever direction I was in going in, they'd just give me a bunch of comics to, you know, this will keep him from bothering people for a flight, you know? So, so I would, so I would read comics on the way there. And, you know, after the first trip from Cleveland to touching down in Houston, I was hooked. It's like, oh, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> so, so I understand now. This this is the thing. There's you know there are adventures here. So uh, my first my first comic that I followed regularly was Spider Man, followed by The Thing, followed by Captain America. I know I actually know the order of which I subscribe. So what you're saying is is your current career is your parents' fault? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I, every time someone badmouths Stan Lee, I say, you know, I, I understand the problematic things about Stan Lee, why people don't like why people who are comic scholars or serious comic scholars don't like everything that he did. That said, I owe him my career and so do all of them. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wasn't and what was weird about that is with mine, I was reading, I mean, I was just reading whatever the regular Spider-Man comic was mm. and I was reading whatever the regular thing comic was and, and Captain America and in, and even in the newspaper, I was like, I was reading things my grandfather liked me to read to him. So I'm reading like the Phantom and, and, and Jonesbury, <laughs> <Mary Worth. laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, I don't think my grandfather was a Mary Worth fan. I don't remember ever really being into Mary Worth. Um, we read Ziggy. 
Yeah. <laughs> but but those were but it was you know it was adult humor like no like there were no there were no kids books for me and um we were talking this week about doing a you know what comics do kids like and um now wayne you have an advantage you work in a store yeah. where children come in from time to time <laughs> every once in a while someone under 40 will we're darting our door <laughs> yeah it's rare but you know <laughs> um but the problem is i have no children Children. And do either of you have children? <laughs> uh, Hannah has 47 children. <laughs> you could tell by that laugh. <laughs> I have, I have um, oh, do the cats read comics? Yeah. I, yeah. Um, uh, okay. I don't know if they're going to work for this. Though. <laughs> the sequel show will um, be comic books for cats. There you go. Uh, I actually used to be a big fan of a comic book called um, Michael the Cat, which was great. Um, but so that's a problem. We don't we don't actually you know, we we know children, but we don't have any. And I, you know, I tried to rent some for the show. But it turns out you can't just go to a, you know, they look poorly on that if you just kind of go into the store and ask to buy a child for, for an evening. So we needed to find somebody with one. And Wayne, you, you found a suggestion for us. Yeah, my, my friend Terry Lee is joining us tonight. I've known Terry for 20 plus years, um, customer at my store a long time ago and, and, and still, and we have developed a friendship over time. And Terry has some kids. Welcome to the show, Terry. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks. So you, so you have real life children that you didn't like buy or steal or anything. I, I haven't checked them within the hour, but yes, I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> they, they remain real and live. <laughs> Great. Perfect. <laughs> Hannah, you missed the opportunity as every, as every slime ball guy has been saying for, well, basically since the dawn of time, when somebody asks you if you have any kids, the, the correct answer is, not that I know of. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that and that only works if you say it, Hannah. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's much funnier yeah, when a woman uh, says it. Yes, I won't go into my Victorian anthropology jokes, but I could. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get the Victorian reference in early. There you go. <laughs> well, it's not like I have a whole lot to do tonight with that. <laughs> So, so, Terry, Ted, tell us about your kids as much as you're comfortable doing so on the Internet. <laughs> okay. Um, I have a 16-year-old daughter who is uh, – uh, she doesn't live with me, but she has been exposed to comics, uh, you know, virtually since she was a since she was a, a wee wee one. I have a picture of her in my lap in uh, – in a Spider-Man costume in a uh, comic book store that we used to frequent in Los Angeles. Uh, and she was, I mean, she had to be, uh, she was probably not two yet. Does this come out to embarrass her in front of boyfriends? Because <laughs> that's the only reason that well, picture to exist. I was going to show it at her wedding, but okay. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, that counts too. Yes, okay. <laughs> if you all flip your plates over. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, and, and, uh, and she's quite the reader. So she, she has, uh, you know, I, it, it's been fun over the years because there's been stuff I've, I've kind of fed her. Then there's been stuff that we've found together. And then there's stuff that she kind of finds now on her own to some degree. And then, uh, her, her younger brother is, uh, four, although he's, he, he constantly, uh, he's bucking to be 
considered four and a half. And, uh, <laughs> and that oh yeah, he just yeah, he's, he's only a month into the fours, and he's already got a <laughs> got his uh, his sights set on four and a half. But uh, and he is uh, he is not reading comics yet, or at least I don't I don't trust him with the uh, the actual <laughs> comic paper. Um, but at the same time, he has plenty of uh, of comics themed books and board books and you know little golden books they now make with uh comic characters and so yeah he's uh while he's not reading what we would consider to be a a comic proper uh he is certainly uh surrounded by comic properties he's a messed in the lifestyle right. already oh yes he is <laughs> yeah. you can't touch the comics that's that's grown-up stuff <laughs> these aren't by the lifestyle, we mean he's a brony yeah <laughs> this just took a very dark turn <laughs> There's nothing sexual about it. (laughs) I I guess, um, and I mentioned some of this in the blog. I I think just going into this in terms of like what's available for kids now is a little bit of the history of this whole thing, which is, you know, for the longest time, all comics were just considered kids' comics. That was just the the public perception of them. Can you do this in the stand Um, voice? (laughs) <laughs> no, not really uh, although if you need to tell me enough it's a polite way of saying shut up <laughs> but yeah I mean I, you know the superhero books you know, the, the explosion of comics in the 1940s and all that stuff so much of that was definitely aimed at a, at a younger audience but they were also being shipped to, to GIs you know during World War mm-hmm. II there was an adult readership of stuff and, and a lot of the, the people making comics Will Eisner with the spirit was writing for an adult audience um, certainly the EC comics the, the horror comics that led to the Senate subcommittee hearings and all that stuff. I mean, William Gaines, the publisher, just fully believed he was those books were being written and drawn for an adult audience, which led to all kinds of problems in those hearings. So you know, they haven't always been for comics, but 1954 Senate subcommittee hearings resulted in the comics industry self-censoring themselves, establishing the Comics Code Authority, limiting the types of content that, that comics could contain, which in effect made comics for kids. Well, yeah, not only that, it, they hired, the, so for a little history, uh, more history on the Comics Code Authority, they, they took the Hollywood Production Code as a model, which was outdated yeah. by then and abandoned um, 10 years later. But they took the comic, the Hollywood Production Code as a model and they hired um, some ministers to create a code for them, basing it's the ministers and the people who ran Archie Comics to make comics acceptable for families. And they specifically said it in 1954, they set their sensibilities to a mid 1940s mentality. So they were actually yeah. kind of milk toast for 54. And this code lasted until 2011. Yeah. Archie Comics being the last to officially abandon right. it. Now it had lost its punch. No one knew what it was you know, for a long time prior to, to the that. Ni- in the nineties. I mean, up in, through the eighties, yeah, it was yeah. still pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, and there there have been exceptions. Yeah, underground comics and the direct market distribution, which is other shows. Sure. Uh, but but it essentially ensured that content in comics were for kids. Mm-hmm. And kind of the unofficial policy at Marvel and DC, the the big two throughout the sixties, was there they were writing comics. They believed their audience were ten to twelve year old boys, mm-hmm. and that every two years the vast majority of that audience turned over completely. Right. Boys turn 13, discover cars and girls and never read a comic book right. again. 
And Stan has said this. Stan is actually on record as saying our audience, if they're lucky, they keep their audience for five years, but they're expecting it two years in turnover. And as I said in the blog, you and I and Terry are proof positive that that was simply not true. And when um, Hannah is a 40-year-old yeah. man, she also will I be. Mean, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 the fact that I'm a girl reading comics proves that's not true. It proves it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There yeah. were no girls well, reading he, comics. He, I mean, there were, but that, but they, yeah, they were. believe this. Um, I, just an, yeah. another, I mean, just, I, just giving a lot of backstory for this episode. This is more than we normally do, yeah. but this is something else that I've done. Some research that I did for a, a previous paper. Stan's belief was that uh, their audience was roughly 95% male. Um, and he believed this. Although, yeah, I'm, I'll get to it. I was say, in, in, in the late 1940s, romance comics, which were aimed specifically at young women, accounted for about 25% of all right, comics. Right, so, but he believed, but, but that wasn't even, uh, like the logic was really, really silly. The reason he believed this was because DC Comics, not even Marvel, DC Comics, trying to figure out their market demographics had done a survey in um, the forties, basically in action comics, they put a survey, tell us about yourself and mail this in, blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, you know, how old are you? You know? And if you, and if you mailed it in, you got, um, you got a Superman a membership in Superman of America, the Superman fan club, but it was really their way of gathering demographic data. And that's what the what the industry used forever. And 95 percent of the respondents were 10 to 12 year old boys. And they believed this up until like 2008 or something like that. They tried to do it again in the late 90s, early 2000s. They would go into comic book shops with a clicker and count how many people bought DC Comics, specifically DC Comics and not Marvel or Archie or anything else. And they found that, oh, the audience is now 90, 10. Um, so, so, oh, we, we've, and their belief was comics went from 5% female to 10% female because they were only doing it by standing in there on Wednesdays in comic book shops and counting who only, <laughs> whoever bought DC comics. And, and, and because of, because of those beliefs, they stopped producing content for young right. women. And 90s comics were not particularly friendly to women. Certainly, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Wonder Woman, who fought, who at that point was fighting crime in a thong, Um, and that was so. And they were only counting nineties comics favor the refrigerator and not the woman. Yeah, 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 very much so. So So they did that for a while, and then um, in like 2010, somebody does a study where they they figure, you know, I don't want to do it this way. What we're going to do is we're going to think of every comic book term we can think of. Um, every individual superhero, the just the phrase Marvel Comics, the phrase DC Comics, etc. And then we're going to count likes on Facebook because that was all public information. So they did that. And then they started following posts and reading. And they came to believe that in 2010, the audience was probably closer to 40% female and 60% male. And they were like, well, that's odd. How did we go from 10% to 40% in just, you know, in just 10 years? So they did some surveying online and started asking people of all ages, well, when did you start reading comics? And there were women responding, I don't know, you know, 1945, 1954, you know, asking like, it's like, how is that possible? Mm -hmm. And what we believe now is probably when gender roles being what they were in 1941, little girls didn't want to cut up their magazine and mail and mail it in for a stupid card. 
<laughs> whereas little boys were all about that. And gender roles being what they were in 1990, when you work in a store, um, the comic book store is not particularly female friendly on a Wednesday, yeah. <laughs> on a Wednesday afternoon in, in, in 1990. So they just, that, that is, that yeah, is changed. and they just didn't notice. Yeah. So there was a long period there where there was just nothing to see. And, uh, mm-hmm. but like they were probably the, the audience, you know, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy in that they were making content that was specifically turning women away, but also it wasn't even really turning all that many away. Hannah, you were reading comics yeah, in the nineties. I, I was a kid in the nineties. <laughs> Um, and I actually Wonder Woman or, you know, Captain Marvel weren't my favorite comics. It was Spider-Man. Still is, right? Yeah. Spider-Man forever. <laughs> as everyone, whoever is listening to the episode on the show knows, but like, I mean, that that's like a weird thing. Like they've done studies where like women are more likely and willing to read stories about men. Look at Harry Potter and how popular that is. Or Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings. But mm-hmm. boys are less likely to want to read about women. And actually there's a perceived gender bias. So actually if you have like three books about women with a main female character and like six books about men, men are more likely to be like, Oh, there's a lot of women in here. Even <laughs> yes. there's still men, more <laughs> yeah. men. Yeah. Uh, so, you yeah. know, you should get over it and read all good comic books, no matter what <laughs> gender the protagonist is. But for all the complaints about the Captain Marvel movie that just came out, um, someone did someone did a uh, did a count on on a show I, I I listened to, and they said currently produced you know things that not including team movies but movies with a sole protagonist. There are um, six that have starred women as a sole protagonist ever in the superhero genre from the big two, and there have been sixty one starring men. <laughs> So, you know, women are right on the tail. And I would also point out that, you know, I I think that there certainly is a gender bias, uh, but it's, it's, it's cultural. And, you know, and, you know, for example, my four-year-old has been talking about uh, Captain Marvel, like nobody's business. And it never, it has never even occurred to him that Captain Marvel is female and that he needs to go find a male hero. I mean, and and certainly I'm not going to suggest it to him, but uh, you know, I think Mm -hmm. that, I think that we're getting away from that. I, I certainly hope so. Well, and that 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 sixty forty percentage more accurately reflects what goes on in my. I, I mean, like, how many people who didn't read comics or certain comics knew Black Panther, and now Black Panther's one of the most popular heroes? Yeah, yeah. Having the options makes it makes it better. Yeah. So I, I guess you know, part of this is just how content has changed even for kids because like I said for so long it was believed that comics were for kids but if you went to any comic shop in America in the 1980s that's not who was actually mm-hmm. buying comics and there weren't that many options on on shelves and by the 1980s with the explosion yeah. of the direct market you know you don't have you didn't well actually I, neither of us were at Phantom at at your store in the 80s but I'm just going to yeah. I was shopping but I'm just Tom going to imagine yeah. there weren't a lot of shelves with Casper the Friendly Ghost you know <laughs> not a lot of store right. real estate right. voters to Archie, it was it was all yeah. direct market stuff in a, in an actual comic book store, well, and 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 because yeah, and because of the direct market, it, it probably saved the comic book industry, but it created a, a ghetto. You weren't finding comics in drugstores and newsstands and that sort of thing the way you did prior to that. So in many ways, the comics industry lost an entire generation of readers because people simply didn't know comics were out there. They didn't know comic shops exist existed, and that it became more and more inbred uh, just in terms of the marketplace. 
those people kept getting older. There was less stuff being produced that were aimed at young readers bringing a new audience in. So we kind of lost a generation of young readers that way. And for the longest time, there just simply wasn't a lot of appropriate content for kids. People would come in the store and and say, what do you recommend for my 10-year-old? And I wanted to say a different hobby (laughs) for them. Is it Uh, going to (laughs) boo? Being a good business person, I didn't do that. But once I got past bone, my my options were pretty pretty limited. Crow, right? So, has he read Watchmen? Okay, yeah. Well, okay. This this is a question, right? Like, what do we mean when we say what are comic books for kids? Because, uh, you know, mm-hmm. what do we mean? Is there like some sort of like appropriateness that must happen? Because I might be not a parent nor care about certain things that parents do, but even I know <laughs> not to gift a twelve year old Watchmen. Right, so like, I read so, right. <laughs> Actually, I read Watchmen when I was ten. I'm not, I'm not gifting someone else's kid Watchmen. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. But and and, and 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 part of my job at the store is to be right. the Watchman for that content. Yeah, I I won't I won't tell you what to buy your kid, but I will give right. you a warning if someone's looking at something. Um, yeah, and, and a lot of parents will. They'll ask me about content, and you know, so much of the the Marvel DC stuff, the superhero stuff. It's not appropriate for kids, not because of language or sex, but because it's part 42 of a crossover (laughs) series and the complexity of plot. Like, you know, your 10 year old is missing 98 percent of the story because it's not in this book. Particularly, again, with the big two, which are so focused on or at least try to pretend to be so focused on continuity. Mm -hmm. It's a better world right now. I know that if um, in fact, I've had people recently ask me, um, you're into comics. What should I get my daughter? And how old is your daughter? Eight lumberjanes. The answer is lumberjanes. Get her lumberjanes. Yeah. Oh my God. Get her yeah. lumberjanes. You know, right. <laughs> like that's yeah. something I can do. I've always been able to recommend bone. I, you know, uh, my little pony, mm-hmm. you know, that, that is actually, yeah. you know, great. Um, I, a couple of years ago, I bought DC superhero girls. The Marvel has a line of the Marvel superheroes, um, line for kids there. There's a lot of stuff that are, that's kid appropriate, but also, you know, but they're not necessarily, they get you into, these are cartoons on paper, you know, and, and, and it doesn't really get you into the series as much. There's, there's a lot of great content out there. Um, Terry, has, has your daughter read any of the Raina Telgemeier stuff? Uh, I don't, you know? I don't think she has. Um, yeah. Let me recommend that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, Raina, you know, sort of bypassed the, the entire traditional comics market. She started, I, I think, Tumblr, but anyway, you know, she's a New York Times bestselling cartoonist at this point. And through bookstores, not comic shops. I mean, they're available to us now, but she kind of bypassed her traditional path. And I, I use her as an example because her stuff is just like dead on, young adult. I, you know, I think... Uh, her protagonists are young girls, but you know, I, I think just in terms of stories that I don't, I don't know that she is just like, this is for girls and girls only. I think anybody can read this and get a good mm-hmm. story out of it, but it's, it's marvelous stuff. Uh, there's a publisher called first second that's doing tons of stuff for that age range that I, I recommend regularly. Um, a comics professional, someone he hasn't worked in the industry for for a while, but uh, Steve Bissett, mm. who is one of the artists on Swamp Thing, uh, Alan Moore's run of Swamp Thing, along great with for kids, John great Harleman. for kids, yeah, yeah, absolutely <laughs> great for kids. All the Alan Moore stuff, not at all. <laughs> um, 
but it, it, he was talking about this, and and the set and Tarleton are both far more responsible for content in that than they typically get yes. credit for. But that's once again a different podcast. Um, he said recently, and this is something I know from working in the store, but he framed it in a way I hadn't thought of. But his comment was that in terms of young readers getting into comics, Marvel and DC are no longer the mainstream. Not at all. Yeah, no, I've not bought a single Marvel or DC comic for any of the kids I buy comics for. Yeah, mainstream comics for younger readers are Raina Telgemeier, mm-hmm. the first, second book, and so many of these a other lot of manga. Are coming out. A lot of manga since yeah. the 90s. A lot of manga. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Sailor Moon probably brought more people to the I, hobby such that it is today than yeah, anything I, I fully, be- I fully believe the reason our customer base is under 30 is 40 to 50% female is because manga hit 20 years ago and created a new generation of young female readers that we didn't have 10 years prior to that. Hi, that's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I was just going to say that, you know, we, I was talking about my son and, and he's surrounded by, um, you know, comic material, uh, even if he's not reading comics yet himself. And, you know, and part of it is my... Is, is certainly my bias and what I bring home for him and what resonates with me. But at the same time, you know, Wayne, from, you know, just from looking around the store, the, the kids' books we have that are available in the store, um, you know, they are all mainstream comic book stuff. And, you know, and I, I give it to him and I know that, hey, when you're reading comics on your own, bud, you're, you're going to branch out from this and, and you're going to be reading mm-hmm. titles that I, that I've never heard of. Yeah, I, I yeah. also like, uh, the, since I guess I, I was in my 20s, so I think it hit a little later when this got big, but there's been like a big conversion of young adult novels into graphic novels. So, um, yes. Yes. I, I have bought, uh, kids like A Wrinkle in Time or Artemis Fowl, the graphic novel. Um, there's, mm-hmm. there's tons of others. There's also been, the yeah, yeah, uh, there's also been like, you know, continuations or adaptations of TV shows into comics and graphic novels, like once upon a time, which is way off the air now. Um, or Buffy, Buffy's the big one, of course, which I wouldn't really say Buffy is the, uh, comic book for kid. Well, I guess once upon a time is not really, but I, I did, I did buy it for a child because she was a fan of the show. And I guess I figured if her parents let her watch the show, she can, read the graphic novel. I mean, obviously like we talk about appropriateness, but the other like kind of half of the question is, is that what kind of comic books do we give kids and why do we give it to them? Because I guess I kind of think of a lot of graphic novels, like something like mouse or Parasopheles as kind of like, I don't know, Pixar movies in that they're not necessarily made for kids though. Like they're certainly like a big audience there, but adults can enjoy them too. So like, where do those fall Mm -hmm. on the scale? Cause I've, I've actually also given both of those books Mm -hmm. to kids. And also how old are the kids? Like I wouldn't give mouse to a six year old, but, but I mean, I've read Eli Weissel's night for the first time. in I think fifth grade, maybe sixth grade. And if you can read night, you can read mouse. Uh, and I purposely, mm-hmm. I, I will admit that the reason why I give uh, presents to children is to uh, have them learn certain things about the world and get certain social messages. <laughs> and now you, and if you're thinking right. to yourself at home listening, Hannah, are you trying to brainwash children into like carrying yes. about this, like social <laughs> justice? The answer is yes. Yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> what we do for a living. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> welcome to our show. <laughs> 
<laughs> reading leads to empathy. Imagine that. Well, and, and I think your point is is well taken in that there. I mean, in addition to you know, as as there's a huge age spectrum, but there's also just a, a spectrum of of tastes and 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 ability. Yeah. And you know, I I had a conversation with a family friend of ours who was uh, let's see, she'd be about a sophomore in high school, and she was she was struggling to remember the the title of her of her favorite series and she was describing it to me and finally i looked at her and i said do you mean wicked and divine and she said oh yeah yeah that's that's exactly what I, and i was like oh boy that's but I, I, I know adults i wouldn't recommend that to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How old was she? She's a sophomore. Yeah. Well, I think that, and I think that's one of the interesting things is Hannah. You made this joke on a previous show about um, how if your parents knew what you were reading when you were when you when you were reading it, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And I think that's. I mean, so, um, we're going to talk about kids in a little bit, but like I know, for instance, my niece is an avid reader of the current Batgirl comic, and she's eight, and that girl is certainly not a rated R comic. But it's not for eight year olds either. It's that's a teenager book, I think. So, mm-hmm. and but like I pointed out earlier, I read Watchmen first in 1985 when I was 11. I read some amazingly inappropriate books when I was right. a teenager, uh, based on you know, general societal what what is. When did Judas Contract come out, Wayne? 84? Early, yeah. Why? Well, and I'm I'm old enough that you know that stuff was coming out. Yeah, right. I was an adult. I was adultish by that. I time. wasn't. <laughs> and Judas Contract is not what you like. Judas Contract, one of my favorite yeah. books to this day. Not what you went for, kid. And, and I just, oh, I didn't, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of comics content that was inappropriate. But I was certainly reading novels. I, I was reading westerns and, and men's adventure series with spies and mercenaries that were absolutely mm-hmm. full of, you know, sexist sex and graphic violence mm-hmm. and and. I, you know, I look back now. I was like, "Oh my god, that was horrible!" I was fourteen. Oh. That was terrible. Was my, my mom let my brother um, read read it well, when he was like ten. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> well, my parents let me read Greek mythology. So here we are. My my mother was was able to to uh, keep an eye on what I, the actual novels I was reading, and in fact, you know, uh, kind of swooped in and took uh, what was it. Uh, uh, Eye of the Needle, something like that. So something that was that was you know it was a spy novel and uh, uh, very inappropriate for me. But at the same time, what she had no idea was that that you know I was reading Watchmen, I was reading uh, you know Dark Knight, I was reading you know all this other stuff that was you know equally inappropriate. But because it was a comic book, she just you know like well that was that was the shield that the CCA and and the comics are for kids provided us that I don't know that is there anymore. But again, a little bit because because it, it depends on how much the parents are into comics like my brother is not a huge comics fan so like he doesn't know and again i i am so i know that my niece isn't reading anything bad for her but <laughs> but my brother wouldn't he'd have no idea neither him nor or, nor my sister-in-law would have any idea if she were reading you know she they a comic's a comic. It could be straight up porn. They, you know, <laughs> it doesn't, it, they'd have, they wouldn't actually know. So they'd have to just trust me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course you but, can do that. You know, I think that the thing is that even though obviously all of us in this room think that comics are like not only worthwhile, but also complex and, you know, tell us something important about our culture and all of that, like it, it, it's still kind of like fantasy or romance. It has a certain kind of, mm-hmm 
marker about it that some people don't take it seriously. Um, actually just like this past like couple of days, um, and Ursu, who's a children's book yes. uh, author, tweeted, quote, email from some summer reading teacher says that he doesn't let students choose what they read because, quote, they just read graphic novels and fantasy. And he wants students to only be reading books about the, quote, the world of people and the things they do. And then she ends it with, so how's your day going? And, <laughs> and her, you know, obviously exploded because... There, you know, there's so much good stuff from fantasy and graphic novels, mm-hmm. and everyone cares a lot. But at the same time, you know, as a literary and cultural studies PhD, I'd just like to tell her child's teacher, yeah, "Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do." See, see, see that, that guy needed to I read mean, more comics. Right, when he I, got, I used to get in trouble in first grade because you know I learned to read when I was two, so kids were learning to read Flat Stanley, yeah. which is a boring and stupid fucking book. But um, but I read it in like two minutes and then like was not paying attention. And they, so they would get mad at me. It's like, why aren't you following the wrong book? I'm like, Cause I read it in two minutes. It's 15 pages long. What's wrong with you people? Oh, I got in trouble for that too. <laughs> yeah. I have a very similar story from first grade. If you wonder why we swear on this show and mom, I'm going to out you. You can, cause my mom does listen to the show. <laughs> my mom got called to my school when I was in first grade because um, he won't read the books that she, that we are assigning. And my mom said, that doesn't sound like him. He refuses to read. And she's like, no, I know that's not my kid. And so, so they're like, oh, so what's going on? And she comes down to the school and she, and he says, well, he's refusing to read this book. And they, she, they bring out the book and it's flat Stanley. And she's like, why would he be reading this book? What's he doing instead? And she's like, well, he's got this novel that's not approved. And there's like, what is the novel? And, and they're like, um, it's, I don't know, the wizard of Oz. And I'm sitting in the corner and I'm like, it's the lost princess of the, of Oz. It's book eight. I'm working my way through. <laughs> <laughs> and then my mother went on a massive tirade of profanity towards the, towards the school principal that if you ever fucking call me out of work and make me come down here for this bullshit it just went off for like five minutes of how dare you <laughs> he's reading leave him alone and then i was fine after that <laughs> i have a very sim- very similar story without the profanity because my mother's a <laughs> my mom's not they, they didn't call the principal on me they just let me do whatever i want i think they just didn't want to bother <laughs> you had a good school and and that's it's funny because i can i can divide my teachers into two categories uh those who wanted to fight me on it and those who realized that it was a it was a fruitless battle and the just you know i don't you don't even have to hide the book in your desk. Just put it up on the top and, 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 you know, answer the occasional question on, on, you know, the, the textbook, which you read in the yeah. first week of class and, uh, and, you know, just, just play along and everyone will, everyone will be fine. Like an entire nine week quarter on to kill a mockingbird in 10th grade English. And, you know, I read yeah. it that, that day. Yeah. <laughs> And, and spent the next eight and a half weeks bored out of my now, mind. Wow, I, I, I read Weather Nights for Fun before I knew that was on the syllabus. <laughs> so then we had, I of mean, course. obviously it's a Victorian novel, you know, high school girl Victorian novel thing. And then we spent like a, you know, nine weeks or whatever on it. And I already knew the whole thing. So I was very bored. So I just like read Sense and Sensibility or something. It, it, it doesn't surprise anyone after hearing this story that I got a PhD. <laughs> 
for nineteenth century studies. <laughs> Nobody has ever gotten a PhD on flat stamp. No, <laughs> no, no one. Well, I actually do. So we, we've been talking a little bit. I want to make sure we we leave time for this because we've been talking about things yeah. that um that we think about how kids should read. But um, we were talking. And I thought it'd be interesting for this show to get the opinions from actual children. So again, I went to the store and tried to buy some and that didn't work. So what we did was we asked some children that we know. So I wanted to get from the mouths of actual people who are children, what they think of children's comics. And the first one is Lizzie, who is the daughter of a friend of the show, Joe Dorowski, the host of the Protagonist podcast. So I just figured I'd play that and then we could talk about what we think Lizzie said. Hello, my name is Joseph Dorowski and I am the host of the Protagonist podcast. And today I'm interviewing my daughter, Lizzie, about comic books and graphic novels. Lizzie, how old are you? Ten. Do you like to read comics? Yes. Why? Because they're easy to read and you can read them fairly quickly. Okay. Do you like to read a lot? Yeah. So reading fast matters to you? Mm-hmm. How many books do you think you've read? Thousands. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of books. Do you think you've read hundreds of comics? Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you remember how old you were when you started reading comics? Uh, no. Do you, do you have any idea what the first comic you read might be? I looked at Allie, but it doesn't have any words. Yeah. Okay. So Allie is a good comic for kids. It doesn't have any words, but you can Mm -hmm. kind of work out a story by looking at the pictures. Yeah. Do you think comics are good for kids? Yeah. If you don't read, if you also read normal books. So you think you need to do both? Mm -hmm. Why? Normal books. Normal (laughs) books are different than reading comics. Comics don't have as many words and they're in little speech bubbles, but books are in paragraphs. Okay. What's your favorite comic? Um, Bone. Why that one? You're welcome, Lee. fun, and it has a good story in it. Do you, have you read it more than once or just once? I've started it over, but I didn't get very far. So you read it all the way through once and started again, but then mm-hmm. kind of moved on to some other stuff. Do you think Bone would be good for other kids? Yeah. Why? Because it's funny and it's easy to read. Do you like the art in Bone? Yeah, the art's good. Do you like the art in all the comics you read, or there's some that you like more than others? There's some that I like more than others. Okay. Is Bone one of your favorites? Yeah. What other comics have you read? Um, Garfield, and I've started reading the Graveyard Book comic adaption. I've also read some Squirrel Girl. Yeah? Do you like all kinds of comics? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else you think people should know about comics? No. All right. Well, thank you, Lizzie. Well, there you go. The squirrel girl fan who's not a 40 year old man. <laughs> uh, she mentioned the graveyard book. Uh, Neil Gaiman, who you know, essentially got his start in comics and now everybody loves Neil Gaiman. You know, a lot of what he's written in, in prose form is, is written for young adults and kids. And Coraline. Those, yeah, Coraline. Several, some of those have been adapted into the comics form. Uh, so that's also just a really good place to start for, for a lot of people. And she likes normal books, too. She's read thousands. <laughs> I mean, you know, actually thinking about it, if you depend on how long the books are and how like people do summer reading programs. I used to read hundreds of books during the summer. It's doable to read thousands. Absolutely. It could, it could happen. I sure. mean, not if you're reading Clarissa, but I doubt anyone's reading Clarissa. <laughs> <laughs>
What, do you guys want to listen to another one? Yeah. Okay, so this is my niece, Sophia. Okay, so first off, what's your name and how old are you? My name is Sophia and I am eight years old. Okay, great. So I have a question for you. The first question is, why do you like comic books or graphic novels? Mm, probably one, because of the pictures. Mm-hmm. And two, because usually because of the plot lines. What do you mean? As in like the main idea of everything. That's my other niece. Why they do everything. Her older sister. Why else? And you don't have to think of the you don't have to think of the characters off the top of your head like you have to do in regular novels. What do you mean? In regular novels they don't show you pictures. So you have right. to think of it off the knowledge you know. Okay. But in graphic novels it actually shows you. Okay. What's the difference between a comic and a graphic novel to you? To me, probably a graphic novel usually has a novel to go with it, like Winds of Fire. But then Uh a comic is just doesn't, and then a comic does not have something to go with it. Okay. Well, how old do you think you were when you first started reading comics? I was seven. Okay. Why'd you start reading them? And they sent me one in the mail. Who did? And I knew you like, I knew you like DC, so I started reading it. Oh, okay. Which comic was the first one you got? I thought you remember. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And do you think comic books are good for kids? Mm-hmm. Okay, why are they good for kids? Probably because some comics have things that kids wouldn't think of. Like what? What do you mean? Like they can't think like the DC superhero girls. They can't mm-hmm. think of those they can't just think of those with their imagination. Okay. Well, what's your favorite comic book? Mm-hmm. Probably DC Superhero Girls Finals Crisis. Finals Crisis. Okay, why is that one your favorite? Probably because it's pretty long. It doesn't just have one character. It's the story of all of them getting together for high school. They had they went through a lot of things, mm-hmm. and most of the time, it was their own. It was something they made themselves that that, that caught them into a trap. Mm-hmm. Also, so it's all about them getting in trouble themselves. They get captured, but there's a guy who captures them all. Mm-hmm. So, so his sister can get into superhero high school. Mm-hmm. Well, um, who would you recommend reads that? Who else would you recommend it for? Mm, probably my classmates, some of my classmates. And why should they read it? Probably because they like graphic novels, so I think they would like comics as well. Really? Okay. Who else? Mm, probably my friends. Really anyone who likes, who likes things that are easy to read. And, and really anyone who likes comedy as well. Do you think they're funny and easy to read? They're pretty easy to read because really all they are are little boxes in the corner and speech bubbles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should you be reading those or, or regular books? Which is better? I like them both. You like them both? Okay. Mm-hmm. So do you think kids should be reading both comics and regular books? or? Yeah. Okay. Do you have any other thing else that you want to say about comics? What What should people know about comics in general? Probably that they're fun to read. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of people would enjoy them. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> I can I concur yeah. with the reading comics and books. You know, I do teach comics in my novel classes. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> it's actually how I got students to sign up for my novel class. I think I put Watchmen on the syllabus and like featured it very promptly in the advertising. <laughs> so hard because I sometimes get kids who will sign up just for that. Other times I have kids who are like, oh, there's comics in this class. I thought these were supposed to be real books. And it's just <laughs> and I'm like, how how do you live on this well, world? You know, it's, it's not the same exactly, but 
uh, when she was talking about how comics are just small words and speech bubbles, I spend a lot of time in my classes trying to break that down and be like, no, but look at the shading and the shape of the speech bubble and what words are emphasized and how you can close read this just as complexly as you can a novel with prose. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, my other niece who um, who I wasn't allowed to record, but I did interview, she actually did point out that one of the important things about comics is that you can read the speech bubbles, which is what they all called them. They didn't, none of them said word balloons, but you can read the speech bubbles. And that way, you know, who's saying it just by looking at them and you don't have to hear them say, you know, so and so says or so and so thinks. So she liked that. That was one of the things she really liked about it. Just in general, I've noticed that the term bubbles has, has replaced balloons for this, which as an old man just kind of weirds me out. <laughs> you kids in your fancy new words in, in bubbles. <laughs> in my day, we used to call them periods, not dots. <laughs> Well, I had one more kid that we interviewed online. This is this is um Joe again, and he did his son, who I believe is six, he'll say, I think. Hello, my name is Joseph Jarowski, and I am the host of the Protagonist Podcast. And now I am interviewing my son, Kit, about comic books, yeah, comic strips, books, graphic novels, all those kinds of things. So, Kit, how old are you? Six, almost seven. Do you like to read comics? Yes. Uh, do you know how old you were when you started to read comics? Probably about four. Do you remember what the first comic book you read was? Probably Calvin and Hobbes. So good. Do you like reading comics? Yes. (laughs) Why? Because a lot of them are funny. Do you think comics are good for kids? Yes. Any reason why? Mm, I don't know. Do you like looking at the pictures and the words? Yeah. Which are your favorite kind of pictures to look at in comics? Like, Do you have a favorite style you look at? The ones in color. Oh, you like the ones in color? Okay. He hates uh, the you said Calvin Hobbes indie comic revolution. Comic? <laughs> or what is your favorite comic? Uh, baseball. Baseball? Ones. What comics have baseball? Um, Satchel Page. Satchel Page? Um, I'm Jackie Robinson. Okay. Um, one Calvin and Hobbes. That's Calvin Ball. That's something else. Okay. Do you have a book of Snoopy with baseball? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember seeing that one on your bed. Do you read them at bedtime? Uh, yeah. Do you ever stay up late reading comics? Yes. <laughs> do you stay up past your bedtime reading comics? Yes. Which ones do you read that late? Oh my god, I do the same uh, thing. It used to be Calvin and Hobbes, now it's usually I am Jackie Robinson. Okay. You like to read about Jackie Robinson? Mm-hmm. Do you think there's anything that people should know about comics for kids? Are they good for kids? Yeah. Okay. Anything else that people need to know? Mm, that they should have some. People should have comics for kids. Mm-hmm. Do you think kids like to read comics? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Kat. Very useful. I, I, I concur. But you should have some comics. That is sound advice. Yeah. I at this point, yeah. I'd either have to hand them Watchmen or Batman: The Long Halloween or Archie versus Predator. Ooh. Or, or Sense and Sensibility: The Adaptation. <laughs> because I want my comic books um, are at home and by home I mean my parents house <laughs> right that, the, the book he mentioned I am Jackie Robinson that's part of a whole series um, you know, I am some famous 
American Parsonage. Yeah. Uh, those are really good. Those are so well done. It's mm-hmm. Brad Meltzer and Chris Heliopoulos. Uh, I think I'm saying his name correctly. Uh, really well done. Just research for the, the history of these, the, the people they tell the stories of. And yeah, well, really, I, I recommend those pretty regularly. Well, and what I liked about all three interviews there is um, a pretty diverse set of recommendations, which I think what ends up happening a lot is people that you know, people know that, you know, I read funny books for a living, as I always say, like that's, you know, as as does Wayne and and Hannah and Terry, you guys are fans of comics. So people if, if, who are who just know that about you was like, well, what should I read? You know, what should I get for my kid? And the question is really, you know, ask your kid what they're into, because if, yeah. <laughs> because I assure oh. you, there's a comic about it there's a comic about everything you know, at this point mm-hmm. and you know like because if, if you ask me what should i get for my and six-year-old you know i am jackie robinson's not going to be my first now if you say yeah, my kids into that, baseball absolutely but if you're asking that's one of the first things when when parents come in and do that i mean what do you what's your kid like yeah. you know what what are they reading what kind of stuff do they like I, and that's a general question i ask anybody who comes in looking for a recommendation mm-hmm. you know, it's it's you know, part of my job on the retail end of, of this entire thing is finding the book that you will like, not necessarily just something that I right. will like. You know, what is your taste? How do I, I match you up? Right. Because if it's if it's for, if they ask you what's the best thing I should be reading, you know, again, Judas contract, you know, absolutely. <laughs> but that's not their books. And I think most people who ask are really asking, well, my kids saw the Avengers movie or my kids saw Spider-Man into the yeah. Spider-Verse. So give me something in a Spider-Man. You know, I can I can make your recommendation for that. There's a really good set yeah. of Miles yeah. Morales Spider-Man that's for kids, valid. you know, series. Yeah. But that's not comics. It's it's a comic and it's a good comic. I enjoy it. I mean, mm-hmm. I enjoy Miles Morales. I, you know, in, and into the Spider-Verse, maybe the best movie last year well you know one of the other things that uh you know I, I, while it's a relatively small sampling set i was i was pleased that none of the kids named a title that is one of my pet peeves or basically anything silly mm-hmm. yeah you know? you're right there's that assumption that if it's for kids it has to be looney tunes or casper or whatever. Not there's anything wrong with any of those <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those, you know, I grew up reading, you know, Hot Stuff and Richie Rich and, you know, all that kind yeah. of stuff. But there is kind of that assumption that it has to be something silly or goofy or you know, juvenile. And that's yeah. not necessarily true. Yeah, DC Superhero Girls, which I, and again, she reads that one. She even said, you know, she knows that I like it. And Finals Crisis, I bought her that one. So I have a copy of it that I bought for myself. In fact, I think I bought them for Christmas, like two years ago at Wayne's store. And I went in and I bought four copies. I bought one for each niece and one for myself. And, you know, basically I read it so that I could talk to them about it, you know, so. Yeah. Well, and you, so much of that is semantics. You know, is bone a children's book? Yeah. It's an all ages book. It's a book you can read as a child. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that it is a children's book. Well, Calvin and Hobbes certainly isn't. Yeah, yeah. Calvin and Hobbes is something that I appreciate as a kid, but appreciate more now as an adult looking back on my childhood. I mean, this is why you buy a mouse, right? Like, they can read it. It's fine. It's not bad. But it'll mean more to you the more times you read as you grow older. So it's really Mm -hmm. the graphic novel that keeps (laughs) on It's a lovely book about the atrocities of the Holocaust. (laughs) (laughs) With funny animals! Well, but that's that's also true for for so much great art. I mean, I could point to all the classic Warner Brothers cartoons, and they yes, were great yeah. for kids, but they but adults find them just as amusing. 
you know, as I, as I look at the list of, of stories that I've read with my daughter over the years, though, you know, again, shying away from, you know, stuff that I would consider to be silly or, or even childish, you know, we, we read the Amulet series, uh, which is pretty, you know, which can get pretty dark. Yeah. And, uh, Good choice. And, yeah. <laughs> and I dusted off all my old, uh, all my old elf quests. And, yeah. you know, there's some, there's some kind of hanky. There's uh, energy in issue 18. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're exactly. Yes, thank yeah. you for, for, for pinning that down for me. I just me. want to point out that <laughs> Wayne knew exactly what issue the orgy was in. <laughs> yeah, what, what pages is that orgy on? Yeah. Well, 17, or, 17 or 18. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and I mean, and but neither one of those, I mean, they they get into some pretty, ha- some pretty dark stuff and some pretty dark areas. But, you know, she was... You know, even despite being, you know, maybe, maybe 10, you know, she, uh, she handled it like a champ. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I think most kids can. And, you know, I mean, going back to what you said earlier about the appropriateness of books, I think that, you know, there's a lot of kids you could, I mean, so much of Watchmen is, is it, it's inappropriate, not because uh, of the content. Well, okay, partially because of the content, but also because it's just so much of it is going to be over a kid's head, and you yeah. don't want to drop that kind of book on a kid either, because you know then no. you're running the risk of turning them off on comics entirely. Well, I mean, I yeah. would not give a kid Watchmen without at least being willing to like read it with them because yeah. like yeah. look there's a group of people who are adults who think Rorschach is a hero and a role model <laughs> and I want to remind everyone he reads none, none of whom should have none of whom should have I want to remind everyone he reads like newspapers and pamphlets that support like the KKK so one of the people who think Rorschach is the hero got to direct the film just you know well, yeah, yeah. Um, he's wrong I, I mean, like, he's wrong he's so wrong you know, honestly what I'm worried about whenever in my like hypothetical if I were to have my cats read comics what I would be worried about <laughs> is not necessarily violence or even sex or whatever like thing that you know people are worried I'm worried about you know like exposing them to bad stereotypes or like sexist content without explaining or like discussing and thinking critically about it. Because I mean, you know, it's kind of like putting a kid in front of like the Disney cartoon, Peter Pan and just showing them why is a red man read the song about the native Americans on Peter Pan's Island without any sort of explanation that, uh, no, this is like actually really harmful and bad and stereotypical for these reasons and hurtful and just letting them think that that's Mm -hmm. okay. I would rather, you know, and this is why no one lets me buy their kids comics, but they do. Um, but but then you'd have to talk to ch- you'd have to talk to your children, and who wants to do that? <laughs> That's why we have a TV. <laughs> well, I you know, so much of it. I, I do think a lot of kids are are pretty good at the self regulating thing as well. Like you know, if they're not ready for something, I think a lot of them will pull away from it. You just you know, they're not going to be interested. It's going to be over their head. They're 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 going to pull away. If they're not pulling away then I think they're ready for it and you better be ready for that conversation. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. I mean, uh, and it also, I mean, nobody reads things in a vacuum. Um, they, what I think happens a lot is a kid will be interested in something. And then if they're not talking to somebody about it, because either no one cares to talk to them about it, or they're afraid that someone's going to judge the content. Like, like Sophia knows that she can talk to me about what's happening in Batgirl. Like I will absolutely. And she's excited to all the time, <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, 
I don't know that she knows anybody else who cares what's going on in that book, but, but they, like, I know my, I know, I know my, well, I know my mom will talk to her about it, but uh, you know, my mom always says, so, um, not a book. Well, actually, no, what I'm talking about, it is a book, um, but I didn't read it when I was, when I was this age. Um, the miniseries Roots came out in 1976. I was two years old. And I, I, I watched on TV, then I read the novel. Yeah, well, I watched it. I, I was barely two. And I watched Roots in its entirety with my mother and had an hour long discussion every night after every episode about the horrors of slavery, because my mom felt that it was important for it's like oh this is a cultural event event you know we need to watch this so we watch <laughs> and, 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 and you can't record it and watch it on on videotape right. or right it was not, yeah net, no netflix or whatever right. you there had was, to watch it netflix. there was no waiting until i was 10 this was this was out now so that's it but i mean even at two i could have a reasonable conversation you know she had to have to explain stuff to me but i could have a conversation about the about the show my brother read it when he was um what year is it wayne what now no what year no what year did the book come, did the book come out in uh like 85 86 okay. i think maybe a little soon but right in there sometime. So my, brother been, my brother would have been like nine um eight or nine and they were big you know he's a big stephen king fan back then as was my mom so she let him read it she read it first she was aware of the orgy <laughs> in it and they read it and they talked about the book and you know 86 it, by the way <laughs> okay 86 he might have almost been 10 um when it came out and you know it, it was was it a children's book absolutely not <laughs> it, it was a book that had children in it yeah and but you can have that conversation so long as you i mean you know your children your children either are mature enough to have that conversation or they're not you know and every kid's different but i i don't think it's fair to saddle a kid who has an interest in something like if if we sat there and made sophia read traditional children's books she'd kill us one day this is, a, this, is a, this is a child who so and again I mean you heard her older sister in the background you know making fun of her how do you know what a plot line is that said Sophia is way tougher than her 12 year old sister her 12 year old sister gets scared at movies sometimes Sophia her favorite character in cinema is Darth Vader has been since she first saw the first movie when she you know or episode four when she was two years old Sophia likes Darth Vader because for the last six years, again, she's eight. She's been watching Star Wars movies and rooting for him to kill more people. That's what she wants. <laughs> Darth Vader is the hero to her. And, you know, she'll we might need to get her therapy one day. But she is. <laughs> but she does. Uh, you know, she's not she's never been scared of it. And she's you know, and she can have conversations about why it's wrong to kill people and about plot and analysis and. Um, she knows what close reading is because I'm her uncle. So, so we do talk about these things and I think you can have, I think you can do that. Well, I'll let you know on a, a, a parenting secret. And that is that having children is making a financial commitment to a therapist in two decades. <laughs> for you or for them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I guess I, where, where do we go from here? Comics good for kids, reading good for kids, right? Is, is that what we're saying? Is that what we spent the last hour doing? I mean, <laughs> was that ever up for debate that reading anything, particularly comics, was good for kids? Yeah, well, I, there are people who don't read at all who 
don't seem to get that message, but you know, uh, they're probably not listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we just swear a lot. I mean, they, maybe they're just, yeah, funny. I, mean, I, don't you know. Know, I don't think we've sworn that yeah. much. I think, I think a big part of, of, of what I want to say here is there's a lot of really good material out there in comics form, graphic novel form for a wide variety of ages. Um, you know, bring your kids to my store, wherever they are, or age they are, we'll, we'll find them something. Uh, and, and, and it's Everyone all over the world. Come to Pittsburgh. This is the only advertising we do. Uh, it, it's worth the trip. <laughs> Thank you, Terry. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, really, it's, it's you know, I want people to know that there is there's good material out there for for kids of all ages, as cliche as that phrase is, um, and there's more than ever. It just it, it really feels like we're in something of a golden age of content for young readers, uh, things that aren't Marvel, DC superheroes, and, and those are fine too. I mean, uh, we yeah, yeah there's good I mean, stuff there too. We're I, all big fans of Marvel and DC. Yeah, but um, but there's also, I mean. I think it's very important. What is your kid interested in? And then, I mean, even if you, you know, if you, if you really don't want to travel to Pittsburgh and go to Wayne's store, find the Wayne at another store. <laughs> and, and I mean, there are people there whose job it is to sit there and say, okay, here's what your kid's into. Well, we have something in a, we have something about baseball over here. And if that's not true, Go to a different comic book store. They're easy also, to find. Just you also, know. your public library is very friendly. And yeah. I, I'm not saying you shouldn't buy comics, but also as someone who had no money as a kid, the library is great. They have comic books. They have yeah. DVDs. They have books. Yeah. Obviously, they have CDs. It's- yeah, no, I I'm the biggest fan of libraries in the world. Uh, you know, our store is all of what 200 Two yards from the Carnegie yeah. Library. Um, and, and, and we have a great synergy with, with our library. The people who work there shop at our store. I spend a lot of time at the library. Uh, there's, there's a great synergy between us. So yes, absolutely. Go to library. You reminded me of something, of something else that years ago when I had a long box that I was, you know, I mean, of stuff that I had called from my collection and I was trying to figure out what to do with it. Um, and I, uh, at the recommendation of the of the comic shop owner that I took it to to evaluate, he, he said, "Well, first place you should try is the library. See if they want it." And they didn't. It was just a, a long box full of comics. But he uh, he said, "Well, take it to the uh, take it to Children's Hospital." And uh, I I did. I made sure that there was nothing inappropriate in it. But I dropped a whole box of, a long box of comics there, and uh, and I can only imagine. I mean, if I was a kid who was who was you know arguably probably having one of the one of the worser days of my life uh i my eyes would have lit up when somebody dropped a whole a whole pile of comics in my lap yeah wait guys have we resolved something mm-hmm. tonight let it be resolved comics for kids are good well all three kids said they were so yeah <laughs> so they resolved in, something in, in our enormous sample size can Competing with DC, and you know, actually, with our sample size, it actually is. uh, There are more female comic book readers than male readers. Who knew? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And none of them. Well, no, Lizzie is at least ten, so she she is in the prime (laughs) age group, (laughs) but only barely. So, and in fact, my older niece, who again, her voice was in the background. She does not read comics, and she's twelve. She's wrong. (laughs) The other beautiful thing about it is that you know, we we, when we live in an age where everything is digital and and somewhat disposable to some degree, um, comics, you know, they they 
remain. And, you know, they don't, they don't, I mean, they deteriorate slightly, but at the same time, you know, it's, there's, they still are around. And, you know, in my, in my uh, daughter's room right now, there was a, a big box full of uh, Gotham adventures that I originally collected, but I mean, they're, they're appropriate for, Basically, anyone. You need to get number 12 off of her because it's worth a lot of money. <laughs> I probably do yeah, have it. Uh, first Harley Quinn in comics. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's worth a lot of yeah, money. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> so go steal that from your daughter. But, you know, <laughs> and then, but and then put it through college. Or it's, or it's, it's Elfquest or it's Amulet. <laughs> I mean, it's all the stuff that I loved as a kid growing up, too. It's it's all still out there. and and it's And it's, you know... If it was appropriate yeah. then, it's appropriate now. I hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's a different show. <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not convinced that things that were appropriate when I was a kid are appropriate in the minds of parents today. Yeah, I think some of it is is dated in terms of the way it reads. But I was yeah, doing I think just comics. I mean, I, there there are a lot of TV yeah. shows that I love <laughs> that you do not show children today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then. we resolved something, or the kids did. I guess. Does this mean we need to end the show now? We're in the whole show. Yeah, the show. <laughs> no, we have some other good topics coming up. Um, so you know, check the blog www.boxpopcast.com so that you can find out what's going on and be part of our conversation. And I beat Hannah to the plug two weeks in a row. Ha ha ha! You need, you need to say it again because Dorofsky got his yeah, plug it, in for each show. It's not a competition. We're on the same show. <laughs> that is true. I don't know. I just I'm very competitive. You know, you're the one who teaches games in like every class you teach. Well, yeah. <laughs> But there's also something called cooperative gaming. I've learned all about it because Josh said I need to calm down and be less competitive. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and are you going to pretend that you haven't tried to find a way to beat him um, at cooperative games? Look, we play trivia every week. <laughs> I have, our team has won two weeks in a row. We're on a streak. In fact, I can't remember the last time we didn't win something at trivia. So I'm a winner at something. Uh, on that note, <laughs> Terry, I'd like to thank you for joining us this week. This has been lots of fun. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really am a real life parent, you know, so so that it wasn't just three people who are allergic to children talking out of their asses. <laughs> Lifelong comics fans can grow up, have successful relationships, and reproduce. It's possible. Thank you. <laughs> 25%. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> now, Hannah, what do you have the plug? I mean, you can just follow me on Twitter at Hannah Rogers. I'm sure at some point I'll stop tweeting about the good place. Uh, yes. I mean, the Internet's eternal. So if you're listening to this episode sometime in 2027, the good place was recently canceled and you can probably still go to. <laughs> They're ending on their own terms. <laughs> And you could probably still go to Hannah's Twitter and she's probably saying that today. <laughs> Wayne, what about you? I got nothing. <laughs> Wayne is still exhausted. If you listened to last week, he's um, he, he just spent the last hundred years playing at a birthday party. So <laughs> yeah, like bir- birth- yeah, pretty much. And then I did a, I did a wedding this past weekend, and yes, I I'm kind of social out. So, uh, <laughs> so you've honored us with your presence. Yes, I I I, I need some recuperation time. Oh, thank you for crawling out of the hole and doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to thank Joe Dorowski of the Protagonist Podcast 
you know, Thanks, he, need, he needs another plug <laughs> for lending us his children and recording those interviews for us. I'd also like to thank my niece, Sophia, for letting me interview her. And, you know, there's no way her parents are ever letting her listen to this show, but I'll just tell her that, <laughs> that I thanked her. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Maverick. You can follow my blog at www.chrismaverick.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at Vox Popcast, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Vox Popcast. We're on Instagram now. You can follow us there or you can follow the blog at www.voxpopcast.com where once again we post upcoming topics we look for your feedback and we incorporate things that you say into the show if you are a fan of the show we hope that you are subscribed to us on itunes or stitcher or spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from and do us a favor leave us a review on the sites that let you do that like itunes and and stitcher i know those two do if you leave us a five-star review with a little bit of a comment there it makes the algorithms privilege us and helps other people find the show and your children we'll, we'll read it on the show. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. We'll read it. We'll read it on the show and you know, and you'll make kids happy. You'll put smiles on the faces of children everywhere. I don't know how that happens. Why? But it just does. Trust me. <laughs> also, uh, I believe that Mav's second born child is up for grabs for true. the next person review. I, I believe we very clearly promised you a first born child. We've already promised. Uh, no, no. We promised your second we promised your second born child, I believe, on the uh, Empire and Games episode, which uh, you were not on. So this is what happens when you skip a show. That's true. <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank Maximilian of Thought Form Music for our epic theme song building ever so more epically and playing us out once again I'd like to thank you for listening I'd like to thank you again Terry for joining us and we will see you next time bye think of it why do you like movies because you're seeing pictures and they're moving comics don't move but you have a story and you're looking at the pictures at the same time. They're easy to read, they're quick to read. You can fold the thing up, put it in your pocket, you can share it with a friend, you can carry it with you, you can save them and collect them and read them all. It's just a nice form of entertainment for kids and today even older people enjoy them. <laughs>